Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians 10. If you don't have a traditional Bible and you'd like one and you're comfortable, just raise your hand. One of my friends will bring you one. You can either borrow that or you can keep it. It's our gift to you. You can also take your smart device and open the YouVersion app, or it's also called the Bible app. We've already uploaded all the notes and all the scriptures, and we'll put them on the screen behind me as well. If you're watching us online or at one of our other gatherings, love you guys and so glad that you are part of our community. I'm super glad that you guys are part of our community. I know we give the shout out to the people, which by the way, shout out to online Jamie. Our guy Jamie has been running our online campus forever through COVID. He's incredible. He's amazing. He's created a community on there that is just, I can't even describe to you the messages that we get. And he's a cool cat. He's still, well, he just, he just retired from, from snowboarding and I think from skateboarding. So finally he was like moving on. So I don't know if maybe he's going to coach, but it's funny that Pastor Sunny got up here and talked the way that she did, because as I was down there, I was just, I was just like in the middle of worship, just thinking what a great church. Like you guys are great. You're just a great church. You just, and I know that this is your church, so you don't think about it because like, you know, sometimes we have humility in our lives, which is admirable, but this like, Sometimes when you come to a place like this, particularly when you're new to the whole church thing, it's, it's just what you know. It's just what you see. It's, it's what you experience. But there's something, spe- like when you look on this stage and you see the people who are up here, you know, 90% of the people who are up here, they're not being compensated for this at all. These are just like really good people who, who live normal lives who have a gifting and have determined that they're going to use that gifting so that they can help you figure out how to use your gifting. Like Dan, who's on your right, my left, that dude's a black belt. That dude could maim almost anyone in this whole building, but he's, you know, he's just, he's just humbly worshiping. It's, it's incredible. You know, the, the things, the uh, Andrea on the keyboard, like she owns her own business. Eric, he's a super successful business guy on the bass. He's just, you know, humbly back there just playing the bass. You know, Katie used to be a, wor- Katie from Katie, she used to be a worship pastor. You know, Trenton used to be an executive pastor. Like these, on the drums, like these are people who just were like, bro, like we're going to show up here and, and we're just going to take our talents and we're going to humbly do that. And then you guys, you're like in it. Like there's been something I don't know if you've noticed, maybe you're new. This isn't, you know, in the note, this isn't part of the thing, by the way, this is just like the pre, this, this is like the, it's like the best part of the thing. Like the Star Wars movies, the best ones are the ones that were before the ones that were supposed to be the first ones. And so like, this is, you guys are in it. Can I just say that? And I know you brought your own stuff. And I know that like some of you, you're like, bro, like you, like some of you, you drug here today. But can I tell you, God's doing something in you. And the devil's going to try to make you think he's not. 
because you're struggling. But there's, there's something about the struggle, as Pastor Sonny said, that makes you step into something. Like when you step into victory after you've been in the middle of a struggle, something, there's, there's like a, like there's a courage it's like defeating a bully who's always messed with you your whole life. And all of a sudden, you don't have to be afraid of that bully anymore because now you know that you've got the upper hand on that. And so I, I just wanted to just take that little minute there and kind of echo what my lady said and just tell you, I love you guys. And I'm so super grateful for you for the last decade that we've got to spend some of us like Tracy, holy mackerel, Tracy. It's like super hump. She's been like singing for over like a decade and doesn't talk about it or make a big deal about it. Just shows up here early and, and does the thing. And that's some of you guys like you pray in the back and you don't anyway, this, you know, for what it's worth. Anyway, uh, I haven't had cookies in my cupboard in a hot minute just because I, I just can't do it. Like it's, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad relationship. It's a toxic relationship cookies and I. But the, the other day I was at the store and, and I saw a bag of cookie butter Oreos and we made eye contact. <laughs> and for a minute they teased me, taunted me, tantalized me. And I tried to walk away, but they looked at me with these big, sad eyes, like, please don't go. So I said, no cookie butter Oreos. You can't come with me. And I turned with full intention to walk away. But when I started to walk away, a Sarah McLaughlin song came on. It started playing like, in the arms of the angels. And then this guy's voice came over the PA and he was like, every day, hundreds of cookies are abandoned <laughs> on grocery store shelves. I, and so I couldn't walk away. I had to buy them. I didn't, I didn't want to be a part of the problem. I wanted to be a part of the solution. Plus, they are the perfect marriage of two of my favorite things, Oreos and cookie butter. So in a purely humanitarian act, I brought them home and I put them in my cupboard. But now, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I can faintly hear Sarah singing in my kitchen and the cookies are calling me by name. They're saying, I'm waiting. I'm alone. Just one cookie. Just, just a little taste. But here's the problem. A serving of cookie butter Oreos for me. It isn't just one cookie. It's a whole row of cookies. And I know it's a trap. I know it's a temptation. But I get sucked in. Temptation. It sings. It serenades. It sucks us in. In the northernmost part of Canada, an area called Nunavut, locals have spent decades battling the Arctic wolf. They're, they're one of the few animals known to actually stalk and hunt humans. It would be an understatement to call the Arctic wolf a bloodthirsty predator. It wouldn't be uncommon for one of them to walk right into someone's yard and drag a toddler away. Uh, because of the natural camouflage their white fur provides in their snowy surroundings, they're super difficult to hunt. And so local hunters came up with a way to defend themselves from this dangerous enemy. They took fresh meat and they put it on a sharp blade and they, and they just let the wolf do the rest. 
And with its insatiable appetite, the wolf not only eats the meat off the blade, it licks the blade clean, slicing its tongue in the process. And so his blood-stained face makes him an easy target for the hunters, or, or he just simply bleeds out from his self-inflicted injuries. In his insatiable desire for food, the wolf doesn't realize what it's doing to itself. Temptation. It's the world's oldest problem. It's literally been around since Adam and Eve. And we all have areas of weakness, areas where we lick the blade clean, areas where we fight for control. The good news is God wants to help us get control of our lives. He, he wants to help us overcome temptation. So today, I'd like to propose to you that your temptation is actually your test. God, we love you. We honor you. Thank you. Man, like, thank you for this church, God. This is such a gift, not just to me, not just to Pastor Sonny, but, but to this community, God. Thank you for using this church for the last decade to impact so many lives, so many families, so many destinies, so many futures, so many marriages, so many kids, like God, for all of the impact that you have done through these people here. So God, today I pray for their strength. I pray for their courage. I pray for their wisdom. I pray for their stamina. I pray that as they war in the spirit, that you would give them an extra dose of strength. God, today when we leave this place, I pray that we would be different, adjusted, changed, that we would be less like us and more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the early 80s, there was a flood on the West Fork of the Brazos River in West Texas, and it washed out a major railroad bridge. Uh, the Santa Fe Railroad, they immediately sent workers so that they could build a new one. And when the bridge was finished, the Santa Fe, they took two engines and they put them on the bridge and they tied their whistles down. The people in the little town, they had never heard two engine whistles blow at the same time. So everybody naturally ran to the bridge so they could see what was going on. And finally, one guy, he gathered enough courage and he yelled out, what are you doing? And the lead engineer replied, we're testing the bridge. The guy said, well, do you think it'll break? And the engineer with a sneer replied, of course it's not going to break. So the young guy countered, well, if you know it's not going to break, why are you putting those engines on the break point? The engineer said, just to prove it won't break. First Corinthians says, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. God's faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you're tempted, he'll also provide a way out so you can stand up under it. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his human life being trained to fulfill his earthly ministry. Following that training, he was baptized in water, then full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil then led him up to a high place, and he showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and their splendor. It's been given to me, and, and I'm allowed to give it to anyone who I want to. If you will worship me, it'll all be yours. 
Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil then led him to Jerusalem and he had him stand at the highest point of the temple. He said, all right, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself down from here because it's written. He's going to command his angels concerning you and he'll guard you carefully and they'll lift you up in their hands so that you won't even strike a stone against your foot. Jesus answered, it said, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished, watch this, all this tempting, he left him. This is so sick until an opportune time. Immediately following the temptation, Jesus entered his earthly ministry. And the temptation was the bridge between the preparation and the presentation. For 40 days in that wilderness, God allowed two engines to be put on the break point of that bridge. And he tied the whistles down just to prove that it won't break. There are 13 instances in the gospel where the verb tempt is used, and they are all directed at Jesus. It was to prove that he was fully tempted and that he truly understands our temptation. That scripture says he was in all ways tempted, but he didn't sin. You know, it's not a sin to be tempted. It becomes sin when we give in to temptation. That's how your temptation can be your test. The only people who dread tests are people who aren't prepared for them. For people who are prepared for tests, it's their opportunity to show what they've learned. <laughs> now, when it came to school, I was never prepared for a test. Not, not never, not one time. Never one time did a teacher come into a classroom and say, we're going to have a test and have me not say, what? <laughs> like, you ever been now to teach it? Like, every test was a pop quiz to me. They could talk about it for three weeks. I wasn't thinking about tests. I wasn't thinking about school. I was, you know, my mind was other places. I was probably thinking about football or food. One of the two. I just, I definitely wasn't thinking about tests. My brother, on the other hand, in school, he was a natural, a.k.a. he was a nerd. <laughs> like, bro, he never got less than an A. He had a 4.0 all the way through school. And the reason for that is because he had a habit. Every day when he got home from school, he went and locked himself in his room and he reviewed what he learned that day. So that when the test came, he barely even needed to study because he'd been preparing for the test since the day the information had been introduced. And so I wonder, do you dread the test or are you prepared for it? So today I want to give you three steps to preparing for temptation or three ways to prepare for the test. Here's the first. Ask God for help. <laughs> Isn't that a novel idea? There was a little boy and he was standing uh, near an open box of donuts at the grocery store. And the manager walked up to him and he said, uh, what, what, what are you doing, little man? The little boy said, uh, nothing. <laughs> manager said, oh, nothing, huh? Well, to me, looks like you're getting ready to take a donut. The little boy said, that's where you're wrong, sir. What I'm actually doing is trying not to take a donut. <laughs> that is temptation. Temptation is trying not to do something you know is wrong. John Piper, he, he's a pastor in Minneapolis, he said, sin gets its power by persuading me to believe I'll be happy if I follow it. The power of all temptation is the prospect that it's going to make me happier. To overcome temptation, we have to deal with it in the correct way when it presents itself. We need to see temptation from God's perspective. 
See, there's two perspectives on temptation. There's the enemy's perspective and there is God's. But one of the wrong ways that people handle temptation is they allow it to lead to condemnation. Like, uh, have you ever been praying and all of a sudden, like the weirdest, craziest idea just pops into your mind, like totally out of left field? It, and, and sometimes when you're praying and, and these weird ideas pop into your mind, for some of us, it can make us feel like we're not even a Christian. Like I'm trying to pray, but all of a sudden I have this crazy, have, have you ever been uh, praying for a person and then all of a sudden had an ugly thought about that person? Have you ever actually prayed a counterproductive prayer and the Holy Spirit be like, bro, what are you doing? And you're like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, what am I? Maybe just me? <laughs> Sometimes you think like, where did I even get an idea like that? Here's the thing. That's one of the devil's tactics. He uses temptation to bring condemnation into our lives. And that condemnation leads to three common reactions. Fear, frustration, and discouragement. Fear says, how could I even think something like that? I, I, I must be the most terrible, the most disgusting person who has ever lived. Frustration says, God, why do I keep falling in the same area? You ever feel like you keep falling in the same area, like the same thing keeps tripping you up? Frustration says, why does that keep happening to me? I'm, I must be an absolutely weak person. Discouragement says, I'm never going to be able to change. I must be the most wicked person who has ever lived. But 1 Corinthians tells us a lot about temptation. I mean, first it tells us that temptation's common. It's completely normal. What the enemy wants to do is make you feel like you're the only person who's going through it. But God wants you to understand that, listen, temptation happens to everybody. Anybody who says that they, they don't go through temptation, they're a liar. That, like that, We just read that even Jesus was tempted and he was tempted. Let me just, let me just stretch, let me stretch your theology for a minute. It says that Jesus was tempted in all ways. Every way that it was for, four, for 40 days. Like, you know how fast you could be tempted, right? Like, I, I was walking down an aisle minding my own business, and Sarah started singing. I wasn't looking for Sarah. I wasn't looking to be part of a PETA commercial. Like, I, I was just doing my thing. I wasn't even looking for cookies. I mean, I was in the cookie aisle. You know what I'm saying, but... But I was, I was just walking. I, wasn't even, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't know that the huge sign over the aisle that said cookies meant that if I walked down that aisle, it was going to smell like cookies. It was going to look like cookies. There was going to be all sorts of different varieties of cookies in their natural habitat. There was going to be the cookies that nobody wants to eat, the ones that are shaped like a windmill that are made. You know what I'm talking about, those gingerbread gross. There's going to be iced animal crackers, which make, oh, in Jesus' name. There's like, incidentally, Pastor Dallas just told me about crumble cookie. 
So we were in the fresh time yesterday, Pastor Slane and I, do you know the organic grocery store? And I looked at her and I said, uh, you know what we should get? That's, that's what she knows I'm about to say something dumb. When I, you know what we should get? We should go get us a crumble. She goes, no, we shouldn't. She goes, you know how bad you're going to feel if you, eat a, if you eat a crumbles cookie? Do you know how bad you're going to, how gross you're going to feel? And in my mind, in my mind, I said, you better shut up shutting up right now. This is, no, I'm a grown, I'm almost 50. If I want to eat a nutter butter, peanut butter, if I want to eat two nutter butter, peanut butter cookies, if I want to put, if I want to just go to the crumbles and I want to get some crumbles and I want to crumble them up and if I want to run them through my beard with beard oil so that when I show up at church tomorrow, I look like I got a dusting of nutter butters in my beard. That's what I'll do. But on the outside, what I said is you're right. <laughs> I wasn't even wanting cookies at the store, but man, this, oh, it was just a something. And some of you aren't even looking for stuff, but you put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you didn't think that it would smell like that or that it would look like that or that it would sound like that or that it would talk to you or, or sing to you. Jesus, for 40 days, Jesus was tempted in all ways. The difference is he didn't sin. I mean, I had an older lady that told me one time, uh, you, can keep the bird, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. That sounds like a Pastor Barryism. Like some, that definitely, she was definitely from the South, is all I'm going to say. Let me repeat that because some of you are like, huh? Yeah, she said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You can't keep all the thoughts the devil wants to put in your mind out of your mind, but you can keep them from staying there. You can reject them. You can resist them. Remember a few weeks ago when I talked about resist the devil and he will flee and that the word resist is not defensive, it's offensive. That the word resist in that connotation doesn't mean hands out like you're scared. It means hands up like you're ready. And so when those thoughts come into your mind, some of you need to stop putting your hands out and you need to start putting your hands up and you need to start resisting those thoughts. It's not what you think that'll destroy you. The destruction comes with what you do with what you think. There's a guy, he was down at the dock and he asked this old fisherman, if I were to fall into this water, would I drown? The fisherman said, nah, bro. Falling into the water doesn't drown anybody. It's staying under it that does. Listen, don't let temptation keep you under. Don't let it lead to condemnation. You have to fight against condemnation and we do that by refusing to live in the flesh. The book of Romans says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that scripture. Lots of us have quoted that scripture, but there's a part two to that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, period. Next sentence, who don't walk after the flesh, but instead walk after the spirit. So to prepare, ask God for help. The second thing 1 Corinthians tells us about temptation is that there's always a way out. No one ever has to fall into sin. Uh, the book of Psalms says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you and then you will honor me. 
It's just asking him for help. Hebrews 4 says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Why does God want us to ask for help? Because he understands what you're going through. He's been there. Ask him for help. Here's the second step to preparing for temptation is refocus your attention. The way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way you act. Temptation always begins with a thought. It's something that'll just pop into your mind. The battle always begins in your mind. You know, whatever gets your attention gets you. The key to overcoming temptation is to refocus your attention. Don't, don't try to deny the thought or act like it never came into your mind. You have to refocus your mind. My nieces, when they were little, they, they, took, they took karate. Sounds, sounds cooler when you say it like that, karate. My niece, one, she made it all the way to become a brown belt, which means she can take me in a fight. When she was little, she uh, was very easily distracted. In fact, uh, they, tried her, they tried her to play Little League, and my brother finally pulled her out because we, we like a whole family went to a game. And they put her in right field, which if you've ever played baseball, when they pick all the kids who can do something, they go, let's put you in these eight positions. Who is the one kid who is the liability? Put them in right field. That's nobody hits to right field in Little League, apparently. So my niece, they looked at her, they said, put her in right field. So when they put her in right field, I was at the game, took time as a teenager. She had her, her glove on her head and uh, was running in right field and, and like spinning and, and like doing a thing. And, and when uh, the inning was over, the coach asked her, what are you doing? She said, I was chasing a butterfly. <laughs> I was like, keep her in right field. She was, she was just so easily distracted. And so, so when she took so when she took karate, her sensei came up with this thing that, that he would do for her. And she would get like all crazy. And, and he would look at her. He'd look her dead in the eye. He'd say, Alicia, focus the mind. Stay just like that. Focus the mind. Focus the body. <laughs> and for, and that's been 20 years ago. And I sometimes I still think, focus the mind. Focus the body. <laughs> He was from Canada, by the way. I don't know where that accent came from. <laughs> he was just, that's temptation. Hey, listen, focus the mind. And if you focus the mind, you can focus, focus the body. So for the rest of you now, when you try to go on that website, you're going to hear the voice of my niece's sensei, focus the mind, focus the body. <laughs> so what'd you get out of church today? Focus the body. <laughs> That's what I got to do when I want to go to Crumbles this afternoon. Focus the buddy. <laughs> so to avoid temptation, to pass the test, refocus your mind. Because whatever gets your attention gets you. I mean, it's a psychological law that you move toward whatever you focus on. Like, have you ever gone up to the top of a cliff, looked over the edge and had this feeling that said jump? That isn't a suicidal tendency. It's just you following the focus of your attention. 
in golf or baseball. The ball goes wherever your eyes go. When you drive, you will veer wherever your eyes go. Your actions come from your attention. The more you think about something or someone, the stronger iter they have a hold on you. James, the earthly brother of Jesus, he said, when tempted, no one should say God's tempting me. God can't be tempted by evil and he doesn't tempt anyone. Everyone's tempted when by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. And what he was saying was evil thoughts lead to evil actions. You have to shift your thoughts because if you shift your thoughts, you can shift your actions. But I get it. It's not easy. Like I had a kid tell me one time, you know, I wouldn't be tempted if temptation wasn't so tempting. Sometimes shifting your thoughts means you have to physically get away from the situation. You, you have to turn the show off. I, 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 I try, now, I'm not saying whatever. You, you watch what God lets you watch. But I tried to watch, everybody's talking about the show Dahmer. I go, oh my God, oh, it's so good. It's so good. You gotta watch this show. It's not about pastor friends. I'm like, bro, you gotta watch this show. It's so sick. Man, I got, I got five minutes into the show and the Holy Spirit was like, you better turn that trash off. Not because I was going to go like eat people, but like, like it was like, we, it was just like something in, it was like, ugh. Like my, now for, again, for you, that's between you and God. But I, like I felt something and I had a choice. I could go like, cause here's what people would say to me. Oh man, you got to push through the first, nah, playboy. You ain't, I ain't gonna do nothing. I got to push through and like, I don't even work out anymore. Whatever. I got to push through. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to push through something that my spirit is telling me that I'm not supposed to do. So some of you, you need to like get, get, get away from the situation, physically leave. You got to block the website, delete the app, walk away from the group that's telling dirty jokes, leave the party, leave the bar. Physically get away from the situation. You know, in mythology, there were three sisters called the Gorgons, and they were enchantingly beautiful with gleaming eyes and serpents for hair. Like, do you remember Medusa from Clash of the Titans or from the Amazon commercial at the Super Bowl? Gorgon. And if anyone looked them directly in the eye, that person was turned to stone. Temptation is like that. Enchantingly beautiful. But we need to turn away from it. We, we, we need to not even look at it so our hearts won't be turned to stone. We have to refocus our attention. Here's the third step to preparing for temptation is tell your struggles to a friend. And I, I'm not talking about you. You don't have to tell your deepest struggles to everybody you meet. Everybody knows somebody like that. Don't, uh, not that. Don't be the person who cries in everybody's soup. Like, but you don't need to broadcast your problems, but you do have to have at least one person that you can share your heart and your struggles with. See, the book of Ecclesiastes says two are better than one because they have a, a good return for their labor, but even better yet, if one of them falls, one can help the other one up. Pity be to anyone who falls and doesn't have anybody to help them up. Like you need other Jesus people, but just as importantly, other Jesus people need you. You have to have at least one person in your life you can be absolutely honest with. Because unfortunately, way too often, we walk around wearing masks, pretending everything's okay when it's not. Your personal life's falling apart. Your family's under attack. Your job's a mess. And so because of that, you're being tempted on the left and on the right by the same temptations, incidentally, as everybody else. 
But, but no one wants to admit that they're having temptations, so everybody lives their life in isolation, and nobody seeks out the help or the extra strength that they can get. But hiding a hurt only intensifies it. When a hurt is revealed, the pressure and the stress are significantly reduced in our lives. Just ask anybody who's ever been caught doing anything. The getting caught stinks, it hurts, it's difficult, but there is a sigh that comes from that, a, oh, that it is finally revealed. It's how we're designed. The book of James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. When you confess your faults, your faults lose their power because confession is good for the soul. It's so liberating when you're able to be honest and you're able to be transparent. You know, you, you start finding other people with the same struggles. And when you do that, you'll start realizing that other people have the same challenges that you have. Like with this many people in this room this morning, you can name any problem and discover that there are other people right here going through the exact same thing. And some of them have actually even beat it because temptation is common to man. So don't be, feel condemned by it. Instead, ask God for help. Refocus your attention and tell your struggles to a friend. Because when it's done in the dark, it's a temptation. But when it's brought into the light, it's revealed for what it really is. It's just a test. And here's the good news. This test is open book. The only people who dread tests are people who aren't prepared for them. And so I wonder today, are you prepared for whatever test is coming your way? If you're not, you can be before you leave here. Would you close your eyes all across this place? Some of you came in here and your whole life has been a test. You've been beaten, bruised, battered. You came in here and like you were on, you were on fumes. The low fuel lights been on for a minute. Something happened when you, when you came in this place. See, there were two kinds of war happening during worship. There was a war for people pressing through and a war for people who were trying to enter in. There's a, there's a group of people here who you came here without a relationship with Jesus. You've tried all the other stuff. It hasn't worked. And something in you, like from the minute you came into this building, there was a, almost like a nervousness. That's, that's the Holy Spirit who's, uh, who's convicting you, who's, who's uh, calling you who's prompting you, inviting you into a relationship with him. And so this morning, we're going to give people an opportunity to enter into a relationship with Jesus. It's the only thing that brings us hope. And here's how. In just a moment, I'm going to ask people to do two things. I'm going to ask them to confess and profess. Confess that they have sin in their life and profess that they believe that God can change that. So here's how we're going to do that practically. Uh, we're going to confess in just a minute by everybody having their heads bowed and their eyes closed. And, and when I ask for people who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus to raise their hand and make eye contact with me, you do that. So I'm going to ask for people to, to raise their hand in just a moment, make eye contact with me to declare that they've got sin in their life and they don't want it anymore. Once you've made eye contact, you can put your hand down. And then secondly, I'm going to say a few lines in a prayer and then pause. 
And then, and then when I pause, if you repeat what I just said and you mean it in your heart, the Bible says that you uh, will be saved. So with nobody looking around, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want one before you leave, with nobody looking around, would you raise your hand and make God contact me? Thanks, 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 thanks. Anybody else before I... Okay, I'm going to ask everyone in here to say these words after me. Say, Jesus, I've got sin in my life, but I don't want it. Please take it. Change me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I wonder if you're here and you say, Sean, I'm saved. I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, but I'm dealing with temptation. Now, this is a tough one. Because you're going to think in your mind that somebody you know is going to open their eyes in the middle of this. And so because of that, you want to act like you got it all together. Can I tell you that you don't have it all together? And so if you're here and you say, Sean, I'm dealing with some sort of a temptation and I want you to pray for me with nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand right now so I can pray for you? Holy cow. Jesus, for so many people in this place, give them strength. Give them wisdom. God, I come against the spirit of whatever it is that's trying to draw them astray. I pray strength over them that your Holy Spirit and warring angels would surround them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.